Day four. The tenth story. Of The Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please go to LibriVox.org. Reading by Andy Minter. The Decameron. By Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Rigg. Day four. THE TENTH STORY The wife of a leech, deeming her lover, who has taken an opiate, to be dead, puts him in a chest, which, with him therein, two usurers carry off to their house. He comes to himself, and is taken for a thief. But the lady's maid, giving the signori to understand that she had put him in the chest, which the usurers stole, he escapes the gallows, and the usurers are mulcted in monies for the theft of the chest. Now that the king had told his tale, it only remained for Dioneo to do his part, which he witting, and being thereto bidden by the king, thus begun. So have I, to say naught of you, my ladies, being of iron and heart, to hear the woeful histories of ill-starred love, insomuch that I have desired of all things that they might have an end. Wherefore, now that, thank God, ended they are, unless I were minded, which God forbid, to add to such pernicious stuff a supplement of the like evil quality, no such dolorous theme do I purpose to ensue, but to make a fresh start with somewhat of a better and more cheerful sort, which, perchance, may serve to suggest to-morrow's argument. You are to know, then, fairest my damsels, that tis not long since there dwelt at Salerno a leech most eminent in surgery. His name, Master Mazzeo della Montagna, who in his extreme old age took to a wife a fair damsel of the same city, whom he kept in nobler and richer array of dresses and jewels, and all other finery that the sex affects, than any other lady in Salerno. Howbeit, she was none too warm most of her time, being ill-covered abed by the doctor, who gave her to understand, even as Messer Ricciardo de Cinzica, of whom we spoke a while since, taught his lady the feasts, that for once a man lay with a woman, he needed I know not how many days to recover, and the like nonsense, whereby she lived as ill-content as might be, and lacking neither sense nor spirit, she determined to economise at home, and taking to the street to live at others' expense. So, having passed in review divers young men, she at last found one that was to her mind, on whom she set all her heart and hopes of happiness, which the gallant perceiving was mightily flattered, and in like manner gave her all his love. Rogiero de Gieroli, such was the gallant's name, was of noble birth, but of life and conversation so evil and reprehensible, that kinsman or friend he had none left that wished him well, all cared to see him, and all Salerno knew him for a common thief and rogue of the vilest character, whereof the lady took little heed, having a mind to him for another reason, and so, with the help of her maid, she arranged a meeting with him. But after they had solaced themselves a while, the lady began to censure his past life, and to implore him for love of her to depart from such evil ways and to afford him the means thereto, she from time to time furnished him with money. While thus, with all discretion, they continued their intercourse, it chanced that a man, halt of one of his legs, was placed under the leech's care. 
the leech saw what was amiss with him, and told his kinsfolk that unless a gangrene bone that he had in his leg were taken out, he must die, or have the whole leg amputated, that if the bone were removed he might recover, but that otherwise he would not answer for his life. Whereupon the relatives assented that the bone should be removed, and left the patient in the hands of the leech, who, deeming that by reason of the pain twas not possible for him to endure the treatment without an opiate, caused to be distilled in the morning a certain water of his own concoction, whereby the patient, drinking it, might be ensured sleep during such time as he deemed the operation, which he meant to perform about vespers would occupy. In the meantime he had the water brought into his house, and set it in the window of his room, telling no one what it was. But when the vesper hour was come, and the leech was about to visit his patient, a messenger arrived from some very great friends of his at Amalfi, bearing tidings of a great riot there had been there, in which not a few had been wounded, and bidding him on no account to omit to hie him thither forthwith. Wherefore the leech put off the treatment of the leg to the morrow, and took boat to Amalfi, and the lady, knowing that he would not return home that night, did as she was wont in such a case to wit, brought Ruggieri in privily, and locked him in her chamber until certain other folk that were in the house had gone to sleep. Ruggieri, then, being thus in the chamber, awaiting the lady, and having, whether it was that he had a fatiguing day, or eaten something salt, or, perchance, that twas his habit of body, a mighty thirst, glancing at the window, caught sight of the bottle containing the water which the leech had prepared for the patient, and taking it to be drinking-water, set it to his lips, and drank it all, and in no long time fell into a deep sleep. So soon as she was able, the lady hied her to the room, and there, finding Ruggieri asleep, touched him, and softly told him to get up. To no purpose, however, he neither answered nor stirred a limb. Wherefore the lady, rather losing patience, applied somewhat more force, and gave him a push, saying, "'Get up, sleepy-head! If thou hadst a mind to sleep, thou shouldst have gone home, and not have come hither.' Thus pushed, Ruggieri fell down from a box on which he lay, and falling showed no more sign of animation than if he had been a corpse. The lady, now somewhat alarmed, essayed to lift him, and shook him roughly, and took him by the nose, and pulled him by the beard, again to no purpose. He had tethered his ass to a stout pin." so the lady began to fear he must be dead. However, she went on to pinch him shrewdly, and singe him with the flame of a candle, but when these methods also failed, she, being, for all she was a leech's wife, no leech herself, believed for sure that he was dead. And as there was naught in the world that she loved so much, it boots not to ask if she were sore distressed. Wherefore, silently, for she dared not lament aloud, she began to weep over him, and bewail such a misadventure. But after a while, fearing lest her loss should not be without sequel of shame, she bethought her that she must contrive without delay to get the body out of the house, and standing in need of another's advice, she quietly summoned her maid, showed her the mishap that had befallen her, and craved her counsel. Whereat the maid marvelled not a little, and she too fell to pulling Ruggieri this way and that, and pinching him, and, as she found no sign of life in him, concurred with her mistress that he was verily dead, and advised her to remove him from the house. "'And where,' said the lady, "'shall we put him, that to-morrow, when he is discovered, it be not suspected that twas hence he was carried?' "'Madam,' 
answered the maid. "'Late last evening I marked in front of our neighbour, the carpenter's shop, a chest, not too large, which, if he have not put it back in the house, will come in very handy for our purpose, for we will put him inside, and give him two or three cuts with a knife, and so leave him. When he is found, I know not why it should be thought that twas from this house rather than from any other that he was put there.' Nay, as he was an evil liver, twill be more likely supposed that as he hide him on some evil errand, some enemy slew him, and then put him in the chest. The lady said that there was naught in the world she might so ill brook as that Ruggieri should receive any wound. But with that exception she approved her maid's proposal, and sent her to see if the chest was still where she had seen it. The maid, returning, reported that it was, and being young and strong, got Ruggieri, with the lady's help, upon her shoulders. And so the lady, going before, to espy if any folk came that way, and the maid following, they came to the chest, and having laid Ruggieri therein, closed it, and left him there. Now, a few days before, two young men, that were usurers, had taken up their quarters in a house a little further on. They had seen the chest during the day, and being short of furniture, and having a mind to make great gain with little expenditure, they had resolved that if it was still there at night, they would take it home with them. So at midnight, forth they hide them, and finding the chest, were at no pains to examine it closely, but forthwith, though it seemed somewhat heavy, bore it off to their house, and set it down beside a room in which their women slept, and without being at pains to adjust it too securely, they left it there for the time, and went to bed. Towards Matins, Ruggieri, having had a long sleep, and digested the draught, and exhausted its efficacy, awoke. But albeit his slumber was broken, and his senses had recovered their powers, yet his brain remained in a sort of torpor, which kept him bemused for some days. And when he opened his eyes, and saw nothing, and stretched his hands hither and thither, and found himself in the chest, it was with difficulty that he collected his thoughts. "'How is this?' he said to himself, "'Where am I? Do I sleep or wake? I remember coming this evening to my lady's chamber, and now it seems I am in a chest. What means it? Can the leech have returned, or somewhat else have happened that caused the lady, while I slept, to hide me here?' That was it, I suppose. Without a doubt it must have been so. And having come to this conclusion, he composed himself to listen, if haply he might hear something— and being somewhat ill at ease in the chest, which was none too large, and the side on which he lay paining him, he must needs turn over to the other, and did so with such adroitness that, bringing his loins smartly against one of the sides of the chest, which was set on an uneven floor, he caused it to tilt and then fall, and such was the noise it made as it fell, that the women that slept there awoke, albeit for fear they kept silence. Ruggieri was not a little disconcerted by the fall. But, finding that thereby the chest was come open, he judged that, happen what might, he would be better out of it than in it. And not knowing where he was, and being otherwise at his wit's end, he began to grope about the house, if haply he might find a stair or door, whereby he might take himself off. Hearing him thus groping his way, the alarmed women gave tongue with, "'Who is there?' Ruggieri, not knowing the voice, made no answer. Wherefore the women fell to calling the two young men, who, having had a long day, were fast asleep, and heard naught of what went on, which served to increase the fright of the women, who rose and got them to divers windows, and raised the cry, "'Take thief! Take thief!' 
at which summons there came running from divers quarters not a few of the neighbours, who got into the house by the roof, or otherwise, as each best might. Likewise the young men, aroused by the din, got up, and Ruggieri, being now all but beside himself for sheer amazement, and not knowing whither to turn him to escape them, they took him, and delivered him to the officers of the governor of the city, who, hearing the uproar, had hasted to the spot. And so he was brought before the governor, who, knowing him to be held of all the most arrant evil-doer, put him forthwith to the torture, and upon his confessing that he had entered the house of the usurers with intent to rob, was minded to make short work of it, and have him hanged by the neck. In the morning twas bruited throughout all Salerno that Ruggieri had been taken a-thieving in the house of the usurers, whereat the lady and her maid were all amazement and bewilderment, insomuch that they were within an ace of persuading themselves that what they had done the night before they had not done, but had only dreamt it. Besides which, the peril in which Ruggieri stood caused the lady such anxiety as brought her to the verge of madness. Shortly after half-tears, the leech, being returned from Amalfi, and minded now to treat his patient, called for his water, and finding the bottle empty, made a great commotion, protesting that naught in his house could be left alone. The lady, having other cause of annoy, lost temper, and said, "'What would you say, master, of an important matter, when you raise such a din, because a bottle of water has been upset? Is there never another to be found in the world?' "'Madam,' replied the leech, "'thou takest this to have been mere water.' "'Twas no such thing but an artificial water of a soporiferous virtue.' And he told her for what purpose he had made it, which the lady no sooner heard than, guessing that Ruggieri had drunk it, and so had seemed to them to be dead, she said, "'Master, we know it not. Wherefore make you another?' And so the leech, seeing there was no help for it, had another maid. Not long after, the maid, who by the lady's command had gone to find out what folk said of Ruggieri, returned, saying, "'Madam, of Ruggieri they say naught but evil, nor, by what I have been able to discover, has he friend or kinsman that has or will come to his aid, and tis held for certain that to-morrow the static will have him hanged, besides which I have to tell you, which will surprise you, for methinks I have found out how he came into the usurer's house.' List, then, how it was. You know the carpenter in front of whose shop stood the chest we put Ruggieri in? He had to-day the most violent altercation in the world with one to whom it would seem the chest belongs, by whom he was required to make good the value of the chest, to which he made answer that he had not sold it, but that it had been stolen from him in the night. Not so, said the other, thou sold it to the two usurers, as they themselves told me last night when I saw it at their house at the time Ruggieri was taken. They lie, replied the carpenter, I never sold it to them, but they must have stolen it from me last night. Go we to them. So with one accord off they went to the usurer's house, and I came back here. And so, you see, I make out that twas on such wise that Ruggieri was brought when he was found, but how he came to life again I am at a loss to conjecture. The lady now understood exactly how things were, and accordingly told the maid what she had learnt from the leech, and besought her to aid her to get Ruggieri off, for so she might, if she would, and at the same time preserve her honour. "'Madam,' said the maid, "'do but show me how, and glad I shall be to do just as you wish.' Whereupon the lady, to whom necessity taught invention, formed her plan on the spur of the moment, and expounded it in detail to the maid, who, as the first step, 
hied her to the leech, and weeping thus addressed him, "'Sir, it behoves me to ask your pardon of a great wrong that I have done you.' "'And what may that be?' inquired the leech. "'Sir,' said the maid, who ceased not to weep, "'you know what manner of man is Ruggieri de Gerali. Now he took a fancy to me, and partly for fear, partly for love, I this year agreed to be his mistress, and knowing yester-eve that you were from home, he coaxed me into bringing him into your house to sleep with me in my room. Now he was athirst, and I, having no mind to be seen by your lady who was in the hall, and knowing not whether I might sooner betake me for wine or water, bethought me that I had seen a bottle of water in your room, and ran and fetched it, and gave it to him to drink, and then put the bottle back in the place whence I had taken it, touching which I find that you have made a great stir in the house. Verily, I confess that I did wrong, but who is there that does not wrong sometimes? Sorry indeed am I to have so done, but tis not for such a cause and that which ensued thereon that Ruggieri should lose his life. Wherefore I do most earnestly beseech you, pardon me, and suffer me to go help him as best I may be able. Wroth though he was at what he heard, the leech replied in a bantering tone, Thy pardon thou hast by thine own deed, for whereas thou didst last night think to have with thee a gallant that would thoroughly dust thy palace for thee, he was but a sleepy head. Wherefore get thee gone, and do what thou mayest for the deliverance of thy lover, and for the future look thou bring him not into the house, else I will pay thee for that turn and this to boot. The maid, deeming that she had come off well in the first brush, hide her with all speed to the prison where Ruggieri lay and by her cajoleries prevailed upon the warders to let her speak with him, and having told him how he must answer the static if he would get off, she succeeded in obtaining pre-audience of the static, who, seeing that the baggage was lusty and mettlesome, was minded before he heard her to grapple her with the hook, to which she was by no means averse, knowing that such a preliminary would secure her a better hearing. When she had undergone the operation and was risen, "'Sir,' said she, you have here Ruggieri Dagerli, apprehended on a charge of theft, which charge is false. Whereupon she told him the whole story from beginning to end, how she, being Ruggieri's mistress, had brought him into the leech's house, and had given him the opiate, not knowing it for such, and taking him to be dead had put him in the chest, and then, recounting what she had heard pass between the carpenter and the owner of the chest, she showed him how Ruggieri came into the house of the usurers. Seeing that twas easy enough to find out whether the story were true, the static began by questioning the leech as to the water, and found that twas as she had said. He then summoned the carpenter, the owner of the chest, and the usurers, and after much further parley ascertained that the usurers had stolen the chest during the night, and brought it into their house. Finally he sent for Ruggieri, and asked him where he had lodged that night, to which Ruggieri answered that where he had lodged he knew not, but he well remembered going to pass the night with Master Mazzeo's maid, in whose room he had drunk some water by reason of a great thirst that he had. But what happened to him afterwards, except that when he awoke he found himself in the chest in the house of the usurers, he knew not. All which matters the static heard with great interest and caused the maid and Ruggieri and the carpenter and the usurers to rehearse them several times. In the end, seeing that Ruggieri was innocent, he released him, and mulcted the usurers in fifteen ounces for the theft of the chest. 
How glad Ruggieri was thus to escape, it boots not to ask, and glad beyond measure was his lady. And so many a time did they laugh and make merry together over the affair. She and he and the dear maid that had proposed to give him a taste of the knife, and remaining constant in their love, they had ever better and better solace thereof. The like whereof befalls me, sans the being put in the chest. End of Day 4 The Tenth Story